Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, I got Sean Tiberio coming on here in just a bit, talking about shutting down Bazooka Betty, and you might not have any idea what that means, and that's totally okay, because we're going to dive into this powerhouse and how to unleash that greatness, that inner freaking lion. <laughs> I'm just getting freaking amped up over here. I was just mentioning a few minutes or a minute before this, like towards the end of the 12 hour marathon, I start getting like, you know, more, more animated, more weird, just more, just degaffing, you know, don't give a fudge. So we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be an epic interview with Sean, massive value. So stick around. I'm talking to you too, because you're becoming your greatest possible self. So thank you for being here. I acknowledge you for tuning into the sources of inspiration, empowerment, encouragement, so that you can become your GPS. So whether it's tuning in here on the marathon podcast, YouTube, listening to this, watching, whatever it might be, or, and, or, going to live events, working with coaches, um, sending people messages, you know, like for, for the people who you resonate with, send them a message like Sean is about to come on when you love his message, send him a message, connect, say, Hey, I loved your stuff, bro. Like that's how I got connected with people. And it was so valuable when I heard him on podcast, I sent him a message. I don't care if they respond or not, but everyone here responds because we're all freaking awesome people and we love to connect with people, but don't be attached to that, but connect, keep connecting and you'll see those results manifest. Okay. So stay plugged in. It'll transform your life. It already is. Now, let's talk about the iTunes review of the week. It's by dblue702, who says, awesome freaking podcast. I added the freaking. Chris is one of the most passionate and driven people I know. He His show is a must listen. dblue702, thank you so much for giving us that review. And for you listening, tuning in right now, I just want to say thank you again. And if you want a chance to get shouted out on your future, 12-hour live stream, personal development, marathon, and podcast, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search Greatest Possible Self on the Apple Podcast Store. Let us know what you love, what you want to see more of, how we can improve the show for you. I'm going to introduce Sean in just a second here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. We're going to teach you how to unleash your greatest possible self. Okay, It's going to be a blast. Make sure you stick around all the way through to the end because one idea has the power to change everything for you. Sean Tiberio is a business strategist that brings a flair of military dedication to your company. He has successfully built and sold a number of companies over the last seven years. Sean is a published author of Fortifying Your Mind and Applying Battle-Tested Tactics Proven to Elevate Your Life. Sean is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs break out of their comfort zones to truly build the business they desire. And we're going to be diving into that and so freaking much more. Sean, are you ready to rock the house, my man? I am. I am. Bro, oh my gosh. We, we're about to get lit up in here. Okay, so we're live on Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. We're going to have a lot of fun too. And uh, I just want to say thanks for being here. You're doing amazing things in the world. We're going to dive into that in just a sec. Let's start with the theme of today, a foundation of faith. What does that mean for you, Sean? Uh, I mean, I guess a foundation. I mean, I grew up being uh, raised in, in, a, in a church. Yep. Um, and, and faith to me has always meant dedication. Yeah. Um, no matter what that, that higher power or whatever that belief is, sometimes it's just even, uh, uh, faith in, in your own self, yeah. uh, which is actually a piece of what I'm going to talk about, uh, in today's piece here. So, uh, yeah, faith is, is really, I could sum it up down to one word, dedication. Dude, I love it, man. And I think, um, military, that, that is some hardcore dedication. That's hard, hardcore discipline, dedication, commitment, and uh, you know, faith to making it to the other side or surviving another minute. You know, whatever the priority is. Like, let me absolutely just get through another freaking minute of this hell. <laughs> um, absolutely. So, <laughs> I was never in the military, so thank you so much for your service, man. I, I can only imagine what that intensity was like, but I uh, appreciate you being here to share about it and all the things that you learned, man. So tell us in your own words what you're doing in your businesses and all the great stuff that you're doing today, bro. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, business has really changed for me over the last uh, handful of years, as you said in the in the intro. Uh, I got my start in real estate. That's where all kind of actually before that it was all construction. I got out of the Marine Corps, I had no clue what the heck I wanted to do. Uh, I just knew one thing: I never wanted to work for somebody ever again. Uh, I just I wanted that entrepreneurial journey. And uh, over the last seven plus years now, I've built a real estate business. I've built a construction company, property management, done business in multiple different states. Uh, and now it's kind of transcribed into my passion for just truly helping small business owners yeah. achieve whatever the direction is that they want to achieve. Yeah. Uh, and what I see is it's, you know, it boils down to mindset. It boils down to, you know, business is business. There's, there's strategy, there's tactic. You can learn that. But if we can't learn to control this sucker up here, yeah. you know, as well as I know, yeah. Dude, there's, there's, going anywhere. there's so much information on strategies and tactics and I'm grateful for it. I'm like so freaking grateful for the time and the age that we live in and the implementation and the execution of the simple things, the simple disciplines, the simple dedications every freaking day. Like that is what people freaking need. They, they, and, and what I love about the military, as far as I'm aware, is it builds that kind of self muscle of like, whatever the heck I face, I'm going to conquer it. I'm going to conquer this obstacle. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, especially, um, who didn't have that military experience to, to be able to grow and, um, you know, grow their business and overcome difficulties. Cause that's, that's what entrepreneurship is, man. It's problem solving. It's doing whatever the freaking heck it takes to go through the mountain, over the mountain, under the mountain, around the mountain, whatever it takes to, to get to the other side, man. Absolutely. And that, it, it's always a journey every day, right? Every day, every day. And that's, that's yep. the, that's for me, been one of the most challenging things is how do I have fun with the journey? Cause like, if I'm not having fun and what's the point of it all, right? Like I got, I get to right. introduce play and fun and, and, bring the joy and appreciation for everything I'm doing while like grinding my butt off while giving a hundred and freaking 10% while beyond like being on fire with what I'm, I'm going for, man. So we're going to go into your journey, Sean, and talk about what were those challenges, obstacles, uh, where did, where did your journey of entrepreneurship going into the military, where did that all begin for you? Uh, it actually started go to the military first. It, okay. it started when I was in uh, school. I completely hated going to school every single day. Don't we all? Uh, I, <laughs> I called myself the, the just enough student. I would literally do just enough to get by. Uh, if they said that I only needed one class of this type, uh, then that's all I took was just that one. <laughs> they said no foreign language. Great. I'm not taking a foreign language. Right. <laughs> uh, so it was junior year actually of uh, high school where I, I remember sitting there one day watching all my friends stress about the next stage of life, mm. right? We're, we're ending junior year, starting senior year. They're all starting to think about which college, where, mm. ACTs, SAT, all this crap. And I said, I don't want to deal with any of that. Uh, I'm just going to go to the military. That's that's where I'm going to go. And I'm going to make it simple. Uh, so I left for the Marine Corps two and a half weeks after graduating high school. Wow. As fast as I could get out of there, Dude. I was out. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, and then I had another kind of pivotal change, uh, and this is where the entrepreneurial side came. My initial goal or kind of plan was four years in the Marine Corps, get out, go back to what I knew, and that was the love of construction and some of this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Times changed. Uh, this was obviously coming out that, that first four years ended right in the heart of, of the Iraq conflict. Mm. Nothing was going on back at home. Decided to stay in. Here we are, 10 years. And I remember sitting at. Uh, the Christmas table of my, my grandparents, where my family always gets together for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I remember looking at the whole family, kind of wondering how many more of these moments would I have if I kept down that path. And a lot of people would look at this and say it was kind of an impulse decision or a crazy one. And I think as an entrepreneur, sometimes we have to make those kind of impulse gut, not really sure what that looks like decisions. Uh, and that's kind of what I did in that moment. I said, that's it. I'm done with my time in the Marine Corps. I, I need to move on to something next and uh, pulled the plug and walked away after 10 years and just kind of said, screw it. I'm going to go into business for myself and figure this thing out. And that was back in 2011. So I want to talk about the Marine Corps real quick. What what was that like, man? What What did you experience in that 10 years? Uh, I, I, think anybody that's ever been in the service would, would agree with this. You experience every form of uh, 
of emotion that's out there. There's the highs, the lows, the the excitements, the fears. Um, you know, you're you're pumped as all get out when you get on the bus to to head to boot camp, and then I know for me the the feet hit the yellow footprints at Paris Island, and it was. Uh, did I make the right choice? Oh my God, how do I get out? <laughs> Can I get back on that bus just drove away? What's the fastest way off this island? Uh, and then you, you know, you progress through, but you had those moments throughout the course of the whole 10 years. Um, you know, very clearly remember the first day that I stepped foot into Iraq, uh, the first, the first go, uh, and 20 years old. And here you are, you know, in a, in a no crap war zone and it's, you know, life got real. And then there's other moments where, you know, to this day, I still sit back and I, there's parts of it I miss. There's parts mm-hmm. that I wish I could still be part of. Yeah. Dude, that's powerful, man. Uh, I think knowing those elements that really drive us, that make us feel like we belong, I imagine brotherhood and feeling like our, you're a part of the family and like all together and super, super connected and can count on each other and like different things like that. I, I imagine that there's aspects of that that's missing. And then there's also aspects of like freedom and doing whatever the heck you want, whenever you want, so to speak as an entrepreneur and um, you know, like really being able to create your life rather than living for someone else's agenda or, you know, like whatever needs to be done for, for the country Um, you know, like being able to choose. I think there's, there's some sovereignty that we all want as human beings. So uh, I'm sure there's a ton of lessons in there, man. I want to go to uh, when you got out of the military, what did you do as far as entrepreneurship? You you had multiple different businesses. Um, tell us about that journey. What were some of the biggest milestones and lessons that you, you learned? I mean, it, it actually started when I got out. I actually didn't dive straight into entrepreneurialism. There, there was a little bit of that fear, right? You're coming out of 10 years of being pretty much taken care of. So now you've got to take care of yourself. I, I went the safe, secure route. I, I jumped into the, the only job that I could get as a truck driver. Um, many people would look at me and say, "There's you were a, a truck driver driving all over the country. Yeah, it was. It wasn't the best <laughs> life, and it wasn't the life I enjoyed. That's why it lasted a very brief yep. uh, period. Uh, but once that, that move into the entrepreneurial space kind of came, it was, you know, for me, I tapped into everything that I'd learned in the Marine Corps. There's a lot of similarities between time and service and time as a, as an entrepreneur. Yes. There's the freedom aspect that entrepreneurialism, uh, entrepreneurialism brings, right. but there, you, you kind of hit on a few of them. You know, there's a lot of discipline aspects oh, that yeah. I learned then that applied immediately. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't want it to sound like the journey was quick and easy mm-hmm. with those first couple businesses. My first construction company actually failed. Uh, they, it lasted all of about six, seven months and realized, oh, bad name, bad marketing, <laughs> quit trying to do it all yourself, right. uh, and let's go back to the drawing board and, and reevaluate this thing. So, what I uh, what I also hear though, what I think a lot of people want to be able to do is to like eat problems for breakfast, breakfast, and like show up and give one hundred ten percent every single day. And I think a lot of people want that mindset, that warrior mindset, which I imagine you had to go like six, seven months, I'm gonna do whatever freaking heck it takes. And then say, okay, I made some poor decisions, I I get to pivot, I get to reevaluate, I get to, you know, re look at my strategy and go at it from a different angle. Um, Is that kind of what you experienced? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I still experience it to this day. There's some, I look, I was, we're all doing it right now, right? It's the start of 2020, <laughs> the new decade, we're all reflecting back. Yeah. Uh, there's some 2019 that I'm like, man, <laughs> can I rewind time and do it again? No, but let me, let me redraw that out and, and try something new this year. Yeah. So fast forward through that first uh, learning, really difficult learning lesson of, of your business. Uh, what was the next evolution, the next milestone? Uh, the next milestone was, you know, it was right as that first business failed and I realized I can't do this alone. Meaning, can you be a solo entrepreneur? Do you need a bunch of business partners? Absolutely not. I think, you know, you can 100% can, can take control of your own business. Uh, but what I mean by couldn't do it alone is I needed other people that were more knowledgeable in certain areas around me, whether that was as a coach or a mentor, or whether that just meant I needed to get involved in other groups Mm -hmm. or get involved in events, something that I could, you know, learn from, but then also have, and I preach this to my clients all the time, 
a lot of times the best parts of events or things that you go to to learn are the after hours parts or the mm, after yep. event parts when yep. you've built those relationships and those people are right there with you, you know, grinding it out and you're able to learn from it. So evolution two for me was don't make that same mistake. Mm. Just like boot camp, I never would have got through boot camp without a drill instructor. Mm. Hated them every day. But that that drill instructor was actually the compass that got you to the finish line. Oh yeah. Uh, same thing, you know, in in business. It, mm. There's always got to be somebody in front of you that's the compass getting you to the finish line, and that that compass will change. That person will, you know, that that person mm. that's that compass for you will change over time. So yeah, I was I was talking to a previous business coach of mine the other day and he said i think michelle kwan the figure squ- figure skater had mm-hmm. eight coaches when she achieved her gold medal olympic gold medal and it's like you got eight freaking coaches <laughs> someone's gonna tell me out there you don't need a coach like <laughs> come Absolutely. on like, yeah there's a reason why when you have the number one the the mentors the coaches the people who can highlight these specific areas of, of our life like maybe we need help in business maybe we need help in relationships maybe we need help in whatever area of life like get fitness we need that help we need that support because we can only get as far as we've gotten so to speak and uh, the same coach that got us to this point or is getting us to where we want to go in the next, you know, three months, six months, 12 months, couple of years, whatever, is not going to be the one that gets us to the place in 10 years or the place in 15 or 20 years, theoretically, mm-hmm. right? I, I mean, there might be a, a billionaire who helps someone who's like broke and helps them get to a billion dollars. And that's like 20, 30 year journey. But most of the time, probably not. Um, but yeah, man, so I, I agree. I think having the right mentors and coaches is essential. So you sought out that that support and that guidance. What happened then, man? That's when everything really started to to take off. And uh, for me, that was that was like the confirmation piece uh-huh. that I needed. That you know what, the first failure wasn't a a failure in the sense that I could not make this happen. It was mm-hmm. just a it was a reminder that I failed because I tried to do everything myself. Um, How did you know? So How you, did you know that, like? The, the difference between I'm broken, I suck at this, or I did it wrong, I need to find help. Uh, I mean, I saw it right away. The the first coach that I <laughs> that I got on a call with, and they told me to go try something, and I tried it, and it worked that time, and it was like, oh, hmm. <laughs> I think I think the way I was doing it was the broken part, not that this, wow. you know, yeah. And I see this. I coach a lot of real estate people because of my background in real estate, but you hear it all the time. Well, that that campaign doesn't work. Mm. No, the campaign's not broken, mm. right? That'd be like saying Facebook doesn't work for right. anything. Right. <laughs> Facebook's not broken. It's just how you're using it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So you, you had the, the wisdom to say something that I'm doing is not working. I'm going to go get the help. So you got the support that you needed. And then how did you grow from there? Uh, from there, we I, I hit the ground running. I mean, I just put all my you could call it the all the eggs in one basket kind of mentality. Yep. Uh, but really I just, I, I committed to myself that I was going to buckle down and give this everything that I, that I possibly had, but I was also going to separate my, my own thoughts mm. from getting in the way all the time. Yes. Mm. I still wanted to pay attention to him, but if I'm going to pay a mentor to, to guide me, it's, for a good reason. Yep. I, I shouldn't argue it. Now, if I do exactly what they say, the way that they say it, and I don't get any results out of it, and I followed it 100% to the T, then sure, I can allow my some of my own opinions or thoughts to come back in. <laughs> Majority of the time, that doesn't happen, though. Right. <laughs> right? Uh, so from there, um, business really started to kind of take off. And that is when um, my my partners and I, I eventually brought on two other partners, mm-hmm. started to expand the business we really found our niche. We really found exactly what it is that we wanted to, to dial in on. Mm-hmm. And that right there, like you, you topple knew exactly who it was that we were working for and who our, our ideal client was. And I had the right guidance around me. And I mean, in a matter of two and a half, three years, we, we grabbed a lot of attention from a lot of different people. And that's the, the one company that just got sold actually is being sold to our biggest competitor. Wow. That's awesome, man. I love it. Um, so you, you sum that up pretty quickly, but I'm sure there was like so much growth, so many lessons in there, man. What, what were some of the biggest milestones within that or biggest lessons learned? 
I think any entrepreneur out there probably has gone through this at a time or two where you feel like you're the only one that can do it as good as you. Mm. <laughs> and then you're the only one that can ever do it and you should be doing everything. And for I me, that a, was, I see a theme repeating here, Sean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is the bazooka Betty. <laughs> um, but for me, it was, you know, some of those ups and down periods was twofold, right? I brought on business partners or had business partners involved in this with that comes extra opinions. Mm. So for, for me, some of those hiccups that we had to work through was, one, I had to learn to get out of my own way. I had to learn to relinquish some of the tasks and allow uh, people to, to handle those. But more importantly, I also had to learn how to be a leader. Mm. And some would say, well, you should have been pretty easy at that, Sean. You were in the Marine Corps. Yeah. You led troops all over the place. Well, leading there and leading in business and, and leading you know, in a, when you're dealing with other people's lives all the time, two totally different things. There's skill sets that apply. Totally. But I had to be willing to work through some of those those pains. And we had our growing pains for, you know, quite some time. And then we had times where it was really, really good. We scaled really fast. I remember two thousand I think it was two thousand fifteen. We went from about five employees to twenty two employees. Wow. And about halfway through the year we were like, whoa, wait a minute. We uh <laughs> We went really quick on this department, but completely forgot about some of this other stuff. Uh, and, you know, thankfully had the, the right guidance to, to kind of fix some of that. So it, it wasn't this smooth sale whatsoever. Never there was is. definitely ups Never and downs. <laughs> Dang, that's that's awesome, man. I think that, um, you know, really being committed and like your drive, tenacity, um, that mindset helped you get to the success and also um, can also have a double-edged sword of like being so laser focused, so 100% committed, like you don't stop to take notice some of the things that are not working and you're just like pouring gasoline on the fire, on the fire, and the fire, and then it's like big blazing inferno and you're like, oh my God, we're going to burn down our build. (laughs) (laughs) We got to expand to a new building. We got to put these different um, controls and things in place. So uh, I love it, man. So And and to add to that too, you know, taking that, that time to step back in and enjoy it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the, the ride. I, I don't do it this exact way today, but I remember there was a period of time in that, in that timeline there where I got really involved in triathlons. Okay. So my way, that was like my way of releasing the stress, totally. releasing totally. all the frustration. So I started doing this random thing where I would take Wednesdays off. Dead smack middle of the week. I wouldn't put anything on my schedule. And again, my my partners, some of my other employees, team leads, this type of stuff, they were all like, what are you doing right in the middle of the week? For me, that's what I needed to take that step back, reflect. And I would use Wednesdays for whatever. If I wanted to go train, I'd go train. If I wanted to come into the office, I'd come in the office. If I wanted to go hang out on the site, I'll go hang out on the site. And it was that, that piece that kind of allowed us to get more clarity mm. on what we were doing, what's working, what's not working. Mm. Um, you know, as entrepreneurs, we, we want to build something to be able to walk away from it. So walk away from it for a day and see how it works. <laughs> start, start to practice with the micro step. And you know, exactly. even people who are like, oh, I can't do an entire day. We'll start with an hour, start with two hours, start with four hours, start with eight hours, you know, whatever you can do, like start yep. with that and then keep, keep growing and expanding. And I think the the mindset of how can I how can I delegate how can I give away these responsibilities um, I think that's that's super powerful man even even like the the aspect of feeling like you need to do everything there's it's almost like there's fear in that there's insecurity in that there's uh, unwillingness to let someone else like screw it up a little bit but ultimately you get you gain so much by learning how to delegate how to design those processes and systems so that you can move to the whatever that next level is mm-hmm. yeah 100% i love it man so let's talk about your evolution into um being a a business consultant writing books doing live events man so so much awesome stuff uh when did that happen why did it happen tell us what what created that uh, 2016, I got uh, a, an opportunity to kind of explore what has now become this just absolute passion of mine. Uh, I was asked by a, a mentor of mine to kind of do some more consulting and speaking and, and run different events. 
uh, for them. And I took that as an opportunity to grow and try something and completely fell in love with it, completely fell like the the true passion and, and calling fall on top of me. And another mentor of mine over this this time frame has always said, you, you have a job or you have a passion. Mm. Which one do you want? <laughs> I, I choose to work the passion any day of the week over the job because the job, I think you hit on it earlier, just it's not fun anymore. And then why do I want to do it? Uh, and then in 2019, January last year, basically a year ago today, um, I decided to kind of step away from doing it solely for somebody else and do it completely for myself again. You know, it's another one of those um, I wanted to, I wanted me, I wanted my stuff, my, um, my word, you know, my, my thought process to come out. And uh, that's when I went to town putting together everything that uh, that I'm doing and the book and the whole nine yards. What what was it about serving people, helping business owners grow lots of real estate uh, professionals or investors build their business? Um, what was it that the coaching consulting brought you even more joy? For me, it's always, and it's still this way to this day. It doesn't matter if it's a real estate person or I've got clients in all different industries. Now uh, it, it doesn't matter what they're doing. The, when the light bulb clicks mm. and what they've been trying to accomplish comes to life. Mm. I, I, I say this a lot when I speak from stage, you only get your first transaction, whether that's a real estate deal, a, a new client, if you're a coach, uh, you only have grand opening day one. If it's a, let's say a, a retail store or something like that, yeah. you only get that one time as a, as a coach or a consultant. I get to relive that day nice. through them. And that's what drives me every day. That wow. to see those light bulb moments, to see the ahas, to see them when I get the messages like, dude, I uh, I had a client 2 3 months ago that had a deal collapse in her face hmm. and in less than 36 hours we brought it back to life, got it to the table and she walks away with, you know, almost 40 something thousand dollars. And to, and to hear her say I never could have done it without you know, not just, it, it wasn't me, but just having somebody like me in her corner. And it happened to be me that day. Uh, to see that, it's just, man, it fires me up. Dude, I love it. I also hear, I want to spotlight and acknowledge your humility, man. Because I think the, it's easy to say because of me um, that, you know, I was there and my skill set and my presence. And like, I think that there is some truth to that. Like the way you do it, Sean, is different than anyone else does it. And why she went to you, why she gravitated, gravitated towards you. And who knows what other professional would have done and if they would have been able to revive that deal specifically uh, the way that you did, right? Um, but I also love that you said, like, it wasn't me. It's, it's because she had someone in her corner. I just happened to be there that day. And like, I'm so freaking grateful that I could be the one who was the conduit. I could be the one who was the catalyst to help her create that kind of result and, and, you know, create that kind of a big ass freaking win, dude. That's, that's huge. Yep. Yeah. No, it's, I, I've had too many mentors in my life to, you know, to ever be able to point a finger and say it was because of that mm. particular one. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big believer that, you know, we're, whether you want to take it spiritual, or not spiritual, you're meant to be where you're supposed to be yep. at any moment. Yep. And for her, in that case, she was meant to be working with me on that day. And I was meant to have her in that moment. Yeah. And tomorrow it might be different. Yeah. And she was also, you know, meant to experience that fear or uh, close to fear loss of mm-hmm. of a deal and like see that she could bring it back. And like, imagine what that instilled in her moving forward. Like, like sh- she'll probably like never or at least hardly ever say, nah, deal's gone. You know, she'll be like, nah, I'm gonna fight for this. <laughs> like, I remember yeah. what, it was, what it was like. <laughs> like we, it was gone for 36 hours or, you know, within 36 hours, we brought it back. So uh, I think that's, that's powerful proof of, of concept, man. And when people experience it, that's when they can like really believe in it. That's when they can really uh, put their faith in it even more. It's one thing to have faith in the unseen and like keep pouring and pumping into that. And it's even more transformational when someone can like see it physically in their hands, in their, in their life. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's, it's powerful, man. So you started doing your events, um, writing, writing your book, man. Tell, tell us about that process. Like which came first events, book, like what, what uh, was... the book. Okay. So, 
So it was really, uh, there was this vision about halfway through 2018 for what is now today the Unleash Your Inner Lion event. Um, and because of that vision, I started to kind of look at it and go, you know what? Events are great, but how can I affect the masses? How can I get the more, you know, more impact for more people faster? And it was the book. Yeah. Uh, so I went to town on the book first. Mm-hmm. And for me, writing the book wasn't about like you'll hear speakers all the time say it. You know, I wrote the book because I needed a book to prove that I knew something. <laughs> for me, it was I was probably the least likely to ever write a book. Wow. If you go back and ask any of my English teachers, they'd be like, there's no way Sean is writing a book <laughs> in his in his career. Uh, so as I started on that process of writing it, that's what fueled me to get it done was nobody nobody expected me to actually write this thing. Yeah. So let me just get it done and get it out there. That's right. Uh, so the book came first and then the event uh, rolled in behind that to, to kind of take it to the next level. So with the book, you wanted to make a bigger impact. How did you execute on that in the book? Uh, I, I made it very simple. The very first chapter that I talk about in the book is, is simplify. Or it's the first tactic, not really the first chapter. Uh, the, the book is broken down into the five major tactics. Uh, if you look at the tactics, they are basically the, the root of my time in the Marine Corps and the, the sum of how a military team or unit operates. Mm-hmm. Simplify, visualize, emotional control, non-reactive, and... I call it in the book, the, the fifth tactic is have a pack. Uh, for us, it was a band of brothers. Mm. Uh, so each tactic has got its kind of pieces that break that tactic down, how to apply that, not just in, in life, but in business uh, and, and the different elements behind it. Uh, but I wanted to make it a, a very simple read that it's not a book that preaches why you should be doing things. It's, it's literally a, I look at it. It's like a handbook. Yeah. It's here's how you can, here's how you can handle these moments or here's how you can do this. How did you feel that approach or how you executed on it in the book was um, different or unique than other books? Uh, I I mean, I think it's unique in the sense that it's, it's almost like a playbook. It's it's a step-by-step piece. Whereas I think most, most leadership books out there or, um, you know, motivational style books out there, they're great. They, they do their job. They fire you up, but they leave you with that pondering question at the end of it. What now? How do I do that? <laughs> <What now? laughs> yeah. Uh, whereas mine is, and, that, and that's thanks again to, you know, another mentor, my publishing mentor, my publishing coach uh, that really worked with me and said, you know, make it a book where people write in it and never want to give it away. Mm. Make it make it the the workbook, so to say, of their life. Wow! All right, so we're we're definitely diving into these five tactics, man. Let's let's go deep. Uh, simplify. What what do we need to know about simplification? Uh, simplify is is just what what you hear right there. You know, uh, take it in the business sense. I, I think too many businesses try to overcomplicate themselves too quickly. Yeah. Uh, take it in your personal life. You know, relationships, family, kids, whatever the case is, we try to overcomplicate mm-hmm. everything. Yep. Uh, simplify, I break it down in a couple different areas throughout the book, but it basically, if I, if I had my whiteboard and I could draw it out, uh, <laughs> there's what I call the failure, the failure cycle, okay. uh, which is you get super excited, right? Everybody's at that time of yep. year right now. Yep. It's the new year, New Year's resolution, boom, everybody gets super excited. The problem is they overcomplicate it like crazy what this new year resolution or goal is boom before you know it they're starting to avoid it because again it starts to become overwhelming it's too much we went too big then it it falls into that cycle of of making excuses and before you know it you're in a full-fledged blame and it's you, you failed and you just you're giving up on yourself uh i've always studied businesses bigger businesses mm-hmm. take apple for example mm-hmm. they're a behemoth yet their their company is very simplistic. Mm. Take Amazon, behemoth. Yeah. Very simplistic. Yep. Uh, for us in our missions, they were very complex, very powerful, mm-hmm. but the operation itself was very simplistic. Mm. So the the act of simplifying everything. Where do in, where do people usually overcomplicate 
What what do you look for to know if something's overcomplicated, and what does it look like when it is simple? Uh, easy way to put it is, if you're sitting there questioning, is this the right way? If you're holding back from actually taking action on on something, you're probably overcomplicating it. Mm-hmm. A simplified version is, you know, ready ready fire aim mm-hmm. method. <laughs> Do it, get feedback. Do it, check how that worked. Do it, see whether you liked it or not. Yep. You know, that, that that's more of the simplified approach. <laughs> Worry about next the next hour, not tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's just get through tomorrow or uh, the the rest of today, today. hour yeah. by hour, before we worry about getting through tomorrow. That kind of yeah, that kind think, of an approach. I think a lot of people are also so stuck or thinking about the future. Um, they're, they're like one day, you know, and it's like so so easy to be fantasizing, to be in in dreamland. And it's like, bro, you got more calls to do. <laughs> like, exactly. Stop distracting yourself. Stop going and scro- scrolling on social media, and it's like just do the damn thing. And uh, I think in the military, they teach you just confront that mf you know like just get it Mm -hmm. done with get it like face it head on like get it done with so dude i I love it so that's visualize what is the second uh tactic yeah that was that's simplify uh yeah tactic two is visualize and this one stems um you know i'm not big on meditation or you know kind of the the whole concept around visual you know, visualize everything and it'll just happen for you. Mm-hmm. But I do 100% believe in the power of what visualization brings to us mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, as an athlete, as a triathlete, you know, there's three stages of a triathlon. I would spend a lot of time visualizing every finite detail of a race prior to, to the point to where you almost felt like deja vu was happening in the race. Why, why did you, like, did you want to win so much? Did you want to be prepared? Did you want to, like, why? Why would you visualize that level of a triathlon? Well, there's no, no hiding the secret. I'm incredibly competitive. So <laughs> <laughs> whether you got 3,000 people or t- three people, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my absolute best to try to, to beat right. as many people as possible. But uh, for me, it was I, was, I was in a battle against myself every time I raced. Hmm. I wanted to be better than the last time. Uh, I do it in business. I want to be better today than I was yesterday. So I visualize constantly. Uh, you know, visualizing is just thinking about, we would do this before operations, whether it was drawing it in the sand, doing it on a box, whether it was just having conversation, pretty much visualize the entire operation before it would happen. And think about all the different pieces that could go wrong. What would happen if it went right? What do we do here? What's this reaction? So that when it comes time for game day, so to say, mm-hmm. you know exactly what you're going to do. You've already been there. You've experienced it or you've kind of seen it. So in business, what is effective to visualize and what isn't effective to visualize? Uh, visualizing in business is the, the pieces that are effective. I'll go back to real estate because this is what. You know, I used it so much on, I would sit down and I would visualize every aspect of the deal. So if I'm going to make the offer at this price, if we're going to, data's telling me I can sell here. If this is what I'm looking at on the repair side, I'm going to visualize every piece of that. What's that timeline look like? And as long as I'm happy with it, boom, we're moving forward with it. Now, what's not okay to visualize is all the pieces, the what ifs, the I don't knows, because Mm -hmm. I can't worry about eight weeks from now, right? That goes back to tactic number one, simplify. Mm I can't worry about it. it. Just do I see it? Does it unfold right? Do I understand what the nuances and the challenges could be? Great. Now I can create the game plan around it and I can move forward. So there's a difference between worrying and being fearful in the visualization and saying, what could go wrong? How can I prepare best for it? Yeah, you can visualize the fear all you want. It's the this is where people, those that can break through it quickly and those that can't, this is the, the crux point. You visualize the fear, you know exactly what's happening. You know what the, the possibilities are. People that break through that take that now as fuel, and it, that falls into tactics three and four here. Mm. They don't get emotional around it. They don't react to it today because they can't. Mm. There's no need to. And they understand how to control those two aspects. 
and they're able to move forward. Those that don't understand it, they get emotional. They start reacting around that today. And before you know it, the, the definition of, of fear, false evidence appearing real, freezes you. Boom. Man, freaking, freaking powerful, Sean. I think it's, um, I heard another guy say to drain out the the negative emotion out of something is to like think about it and like feel it. Like how much would that suck? You know, like, ah, and then to create a plan, a strategy that like, you know, overcomes it, that that is able to handle it. It's like find out the worst case situation, feel it, let it suck, let it like kick your ass and then say, okay, now what would I do uh, in the face of that? And I thought that was, that was super powerful, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's visualize. We got simplify, visualize. What's number three? Tech three. Three is uh, non-emotional. Okay. Uh, obviously, emotions are good. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't want anybody to ever feel like they can't be emotional. Be emotions robot. are. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, and guys out there, it is okay to be emotional, both in the in the sappy side of it as well as the you know the typical uh, side. But what I mean by non-emotional or or no emotional kind of reaction to it is there are things that you can control and there are things that you can't. We all know that. Get emotional about the stuff that you can control. Let the emotions be part of that. If you know, I'm a very emotional business owner. I, I pour my heart and soul into things. But I also know that when something blows up in my face, there's nothing I could have done about that now. It, it happened. Let me get emotional around the changes. Let me get emo- the passion needs to come out now on fixing that, not dreading mm. it. You know, the tornado's bearing down on you. You can't get pissed that a tornado's coming. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta go find safety and deal with the aftermath. Yeah, right. Because yeah. it's too late at that point. So, mm. which falls into the non-reactive uh, side of it, and that's where this whole concept, one of the, the chapters in the non-reactive side, is shutting down a little bitty. Uh, or bazooka betty uh, but the non-reactive side is we've all got that little voice in us i call her bazooka betty that's my name for her she's about four foot ten inches tall she's just under the five foot mark this is a little 80 pound powerhouse she owns the knockouts you know uh i forget who what is it uh, billy baird or something like that's the, the knockout king uh, she's got more knockouts than him uh, but and we all know her. She fights out of the right shoulder. She comes up out of nowhere. Mm. Um, and, and we we learn to control her, to control the reactiveness. Because typically when she shows her face and she comes, it's in it's in a react mode, not a mm. proactive mode. Yeah. And when she pops up, it's too late. You got you to fight against her. Man. So it's, it's, the, um, it's the reactionary fear-based like losing control uh uh-oh feeling of oh shit you know gotta gotta save myself i'm in desperation i'm in you know fight flight or freeze or whatever it might be um and that's not healthy and i love what you said there about you know you're a very emotional business owner and it's good for men to have emotions too i love that um I think it's super important for us to express emotions in that healthy way. Um, something I want to do with uh, some other guys, like side note, is to go to a smash room. Um, one of those, like, you know, you can go in and break stuff and, like, you know, take a golf club, take a bat, take a sledgehammer, just random objects and just go unleash that energy. Uh, and I think it's important to be able to have that healthy release. You also had triathlons um, to have that so that we can not be a uh, a volcano ready ready to blow because i think some people mm-hmm. just keep that lid sealed on tight and they just they wait till the pressure's built 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 and then something just tips the scale and then they unleash and i think in business especially it's important to have appropriate levels of emotion right cuz like it, there's there's effective anger in business there's effective uh you know intensity especially like getting deals done you know and there's also the the respectful polite um white glove holding people's hands through a process like we need both to be able to to handle business i'm sure especially in construction there's some there's some tough MFs in, in absolutely. You gotta that's, deal that's with. why you look forward to demo day because demo day is like the room you want to go to. You just <laughs> smash everything. Okay, we got that out now. Now let's you know do the right thing throughout. Yeah, dude, dude, I love it. I, I think it's um, 
it's really it's really empowering, man. Um, I was gonna say something about emotions too, about like having that that healthy relationship. It'll probably come back to me. Um, so simplify, visualize, not emotional. Um, that's the third one. What is the fourth? The fourth is uh, non-reactive, and that's where that's where I was talking about Bazooka Betty showing up. Yeah. Um, you know, in the book, I, I talk about I've recently over the last year and a half, I've gotten into a, a new sport, triathlon, kind of ran its course through me, a little bit of burnout, whatever, found another <laughs> love to release some energy. I say that as I'm sitting here staring at my my bike that just calls my name every day to get back on it. Um, but uh, I, I found this new sport that I've come to love like crazy because it mixes all of this stuff together. It mixes business tactics in a sense. Uh, and it's called canyoneering. And in the book, I talk about a an incident early on in my canyoneering journey uh, where we were in Yosemite. A lot of people know Yosemite waterfalls, lower and upper. What they don't know is that there's this huge gap between the two of them. They think it's like waterfall, waterfall, and that's it. There's really uh, about three and a half hours of fun adventure with other Heck yeah. very beautiful parts of the canyon. Wow. Um, and early on in the day, I was coming down one of the wraps, one of the rappels in the water course. It was a little over 200 feet, about 180 feet off the ground. I completely lost control, lost my footing on the wall, was upside down. My backpack's pulling me down. Uh, to this day, I still have a scar on my hand that pretty much kept me from, from going free willy to the ground, uh, which would have landed me on rocks and not been a good ending. Um, got through that event safely, managed to you know, rely on some knowledge myself, had the right team, all this stuff got down to the ground, but that was early on in the day and I still got a lot to go. And I still had the final repel of lower waterfall, lower Yosemite, which is a little over 400 feet to get through. And that's when Bazooka Betty and the, the reactiveness really popped in because every time I would go to get on repel for the next set of, of areas, you know, the, I don't know if I can do this. You screwed that last one up pretty bad you ding you know damn near died you know you've got 400 feet you couldn't even handle 200 feet you know all of it and it's the same i i look at me funny when i say this that fear and that reactiveness to that event was the same as the first day that bullets were flying past me in iraq it's the same fear that somebody watching this right now or in the future listening to this gets when they stand in front of a room and their palms are sweating, their armpits are draining in sweat, they're stuttering over every other word that they say because mm-hmm. they're so nervous. That's that's the react that's the piece that I'm talking about of you're reacting to the moment instead of taking control of it. Mm-hmm. And the only way to come through that, the only way to actually um, learn to control that is to control the environment and put yourself in those moments periodically to get comfortable with them and go back to all these other tactics that I've been talking about. You know, simple. I, I literally, to get through the rest of that day, I just had to simplify. I had to visualize, think about what are the steps I need to take to get down that final drop? Mm-hmm. What's the first step? What's the second step? I had to control the emotions and not get worked up mm-hmm. and realize that one step after one step after one step was going to get me down and I'd be okay. That's, that's intense, man. And, uh, I, I feel like when something happens in, in our daily lives, uh, you know, something doesn't go as planned. A lot of people are, are very emotionally like, um, undisciplined, you know, that, that reactivity just is, is running rampant. And if, if they get a bad email or if someone says no, you know, I think that that no in business is like for a lot of people growing through their journey, they're like, that's that's so fearful. It, it keeps people off the phone. It keeps people from from acting and, and even successful entrepreneurs. It, a no, a fear of a no might keep someone from reaching out to a, a higher level sponsorship or, you know, collaboration or something like that that would really make the difference in their business. I think it keeps going. That fear of no or fear of rejection uh, is a lot of, of uh, you know, what holds people back in business, man. Absolutely. I mean, it, and the feeling that that person has in that moment is no different than, you know, the, a feeling somewhere else. So 
that's that's tactic four, learning how to how to control the reactiveness around it. Yeah. And then also combining it with tactic two of visualize because you like visualize the steps so that you are no longer reactive because you play it through your mind. You play the tape over and over again. You're like, okay, I know what to do. Like I'm confident so I can handle whatever, whatever comes my way. Absolutely. Tactic five, brother. What is it? Have a pact, have a pack mm-hmm. um, or pride. I talk about it a lot in the book. I use the lion. Yep. Um, Mainly because I love the the lion, the male lion. I just I love that that species. And uh, I, there's something cool about the fact that they get kicked out. The males get kicked out of their um, their prides uh-huh. at a very very young age, and they're forced to get out there and, and get after it. And they either got to take down their you know take down an existing one or find a way to create their own. And damn, kind of like the <laughs> I, I don't know. That. <laughs> yeah. I mean, very young as cubs. Their males are, uh, the females get to stay, but uh, the males, typically one, will get, get to stay. All the others are basically shunned. Okay. Um, and they, they tend to bind together with each other to go on and, and take on other uh, prides to try to take down the males and those prides to take over that. Okay. Uh, for some reason, it's always brought me back to it's that, that band of brothers, that, yeah. that aspect of the Marine Corps and you know, what, we, what we used to do. But I also look at it as, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier, not just having the right mentors in the group, but having the right um, associates, the right, you know, group of people. Unfortunately, if you want positivity in your life, you've got to surround yourself with positive people. The negative's got to go. Unfortunately. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I say it unfortunately because sometimes that negativity or those negative people People are the, the uh-huh. And we don't necessarily want to get rid of them. Yeah. And we've got to understand that, you know, my, my pride, the people that I call as part of my pride, we were actually just a big group of us were, were gone on a trip this past weekend. And they, that is like, that is a true definition of, of a family in our, in my pride. And when I'm around those people, I trust every single one of them with my life. We all, we all are just like this and none of them are blood. You know, I love my family to death, yep. but there's a different relationship, yep. right? Yep. Same thing with those that are part of my my business pride, or those that have come to the event and are part of that pride. There's a there's a different feeling there. Uh, that, yeah, that's yeah. I, I agree, man. I think that it goes to the mastermind principle as well. Uh, Napoleon Hill, think you grow rich. Like you got to have that think tank. Number one, like the people who are all focused on the same direction conceptually, strategically, but also like the the commitment, the integrity, the dedication to each other, the brotherhood, the sisterhood, whatever it might be, um, like having that level of commitment, I think is it's difficult to come by for a lot of people to to cultivate that in their in their um their friends and circles and things like that. So mm-hmm. I love that you're doing it. You're doing it in live events. You have your own, man. I, I want to hear a little bit more about these live events because I know we've covered a lot of the book. I think it's freaking epic and uh, people should definitely get it. And tell us about the events and what was what's different about the events than just reading the book. Yeah, so the, the event, Unleash Your Inner Lion, uh, it takes the book to, it, it's the actual practical application of yeah. the book. Like I said, the book is really a, uh, it's a playbook. It's a handbook. It's it's very jam packed with how tos, yep. uh, not just hypothetical. You know the hypothetical side of it. Uh, but at the event, it's you know three days of testing how well you can handle different environments, mm. and it's it's kind of the controlled you know environment that I talk about a lot in the book. That if you want to learn how to simplify. Well, the best way to learn it is to put yourself in a, in a challenge where the only way to accomplish that is to simplify it. Mm. Um, you want to learn how to have strong people and know what that feels like around you? We'll be at an event where that's actually happening. So Unleash Your Inner Lion is not your typical event in the sense that we're not in a hotel ballroom. You're not just showing up for you know a couple hours today, and there's a bunch of speakers on the stage talking about all this cool motivational stuff, and then you go back to your room and you know hang out at the bar, and you're excited for three days, and then the event <laughs> ends, and you're like, oh crap, reality just smacked me. Uh, Unleash your inner lion. We're all living under the same roof as each other for the three days. That's awesome. We're not just preaching, preaching, preaching. Yes, I have 
uh, some very specific individuals that, that come to speak at it on, on key pieces. Uh, but we're, we're doing, we're getting in the, in the thick of things. It's designed to create a little bit of emotion, both excitement and sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's designed to challenge the individuals. And, and we, we culminated as a Saturday night. There's a very intense challenge. It's not so intense nobody can get through it, but it's also not so easy that anybody's guaranteed. You, you're going to have to you're going to have to tap into some of the stuff you're learning, uh, tap into your your brotherhood, your sisterhood, that, that pack, uh, and that pride of individuals. So, and then it ends on Sunday with a just like the book is the the handbook, so to say, Sunday portion of the event. It is solid, just game plan, action plan figuring out what your next steps are to get out there and, and crush the next 30, 60, 90 days and, and know how to keep that momentum and know how to continually replicate that over and over again. Yeah. And as a couple of the attendees that are coming back um, in March, our next one's in March in Vegas, your hometown. Um, some people that are coming back to it, they that's the first thing they said, like once wasn't enough, we're coming back again mm-hmm. to f- fine-tune some things yeah to dig to dig deeper to embody that transformation even more because like you know in life what is it you don't you don't go to the gym once you know do do an exercise once and then the muscle is built it's like if you do some intense weightlifting, you're going to be freaking sore but eventually you're going to have to go back to the gym and go work the muscle Mm -hmm. again you know so i think it's uh, super powerful, man. So I want to tell people how they can stay connected, how they can get to the event. Sean, what are their next steps, man? Uh, if you're interested in the event, it's simple. Just unleashyourinnerlion.com. Unleashyourinnerlion.com. Take you right to the to the site. Uh, early bird pricing is still out there right now. It goes to the end of this month. We actually extended it out. Uh, the event's March 6th, 7th, and 8th in Vegas. Right. Uh, it's one flat fee. covers everything. You just got to get your butt to Vegas. Um, and once you're there, we we got you taken care of for the three days. Uh, if they want to stay in touch with me or get in touch with me, the anything on social media at Sean Tiberia. I think you might even have that in the uh, in the banner or something. Yep. Uh, but it's just <laughs> there. my name, Sean Tiberia. I made it super easy. Super active on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, hit me up on on either or both. Uh, if you got questions, reach out. I'll jump on a call, chat with you. Make sure it's you know it's a good fit for you. Make sure it's what you're looking for. Because, uh, as I said, I I want to I want to help those that that need that specific help. I don't want just anybody coming. With. So a little bit more, I want to dive into that. Who who has to be at this freaking event, Sean? Uh, if you're sitting there feeling like you know what, I, I know that I'm on the breaking point. Like I'm I'm whether you're just getting started and you feel that like I just need to get over the next hump to get the momentum going, or you've got momentum but you're looking to go to the next level in, in the business or in your life. If you feel that urge, like I just, I need that one more little piece to get me a little bit more momentum. I'm feeling a little stagnant here or there, the events for you. Or if you're the type of person that you've got these great passions and dreams and desires, but you know, you're holding yourself back and you want to learn to, to get out of your own way. It's a perfect event for you. I love it. I want to hear in the comments, whoever is committed to checking it out, seeing if it's a good fit for you, messaging Sean, put it in the comments right now. And Sean, dude, I freaking love it. And again, they go to www.unleashyourinnerlion.com. That's a freaking badass name, man. I love it. And uh, I appreciate you, Sean. Appreciate what you're doing. Uh, Anybody that... Anybody that registers for the event, they get a free copy of the book too, by the way. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm excited to see you uh, in March, man. It's going to be a blast. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate everything that you're doing for business owners, for people who are becoming their greatest possible self, man. And uh, just thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. I'm excited to keep growing and freaking unleash our inner lions, bro. Appreciate you. Thank you. It's It's been a blast. And I look forward to chatting some more. Awesome, bro. You have a great rest of your day. You too. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas 
wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality and make every day your best day ever.